where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Official scorecard here. Okay, so just give me a second and uh, let's begin. Yeah, so I'm not sure if corruption in boxing is gonna be able to join me here tonight. Maybe, hopefully, he will be able to to jump in later. Anyways, yeah, funniest thumbnail. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Hold on. Just give me a second. Yeah, so 
the beautiful thumbnail is on screen now. <laughs> yeah, like I said, official scorecard here uh, without corruption in boxing for now, but not really without because corruption is with all of us boxing fans all the time, like we were able to see the last night. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, many topics today on, on the menu. I'm gonna shit on top rank. I'm gonna shit on Metroom as well. Talk about Smith and Vlaso from last night. Unfortunately for me, I was not able to, to catch um, the PBC card. Although I heard Ancajas had an excellent fight with, uh, with Rodriguez. So it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, the moment that fight in between Rodriguez and Ancajas was announced, it was a very, very pleasant surprise because, as you may know, Ancajas has been fighting nobodies, unfortunately, but finally he got a good opponent, a very good opponent indeed. And uh, coming back, fighting him after a very long layoff, was it like about 14 months, if I'm not wrong? I'm not sure. Uh, who's tonight here? Intangible Boxing News. Big up, Intangible. He has a channel. I like to hear his takes on, uh, especially on, on on the flyweights. Yeah, big up to Intangible, and to Timmy Nealon as well as always. Thank you for being here, guys. Thank you a lot, Timmy, and uh, Intangible as well. Um, what are the other fights that? Yeah, so unfortunately, unless Corruption is able to join me later. I will have to, to, to skip uh, the PBC card because I was not following it. Uh, I barely, I just downloaded the fights but didn't have enough time to watch them before the show. Uh, yeah, Herring versus Frampton, Ahmed Aliyev versus Ivasa and the whole uh, Uzbekistan card that happened last week, but we didn't have a show so we haven't covered that that fight from the last week and uh, any of the cards from the last week. So I'm going to be talking about Nietes and Madrimov as well. Okay, so before I begin, Intangible, he wrote, My take, Joe Smith is a mid-range hooker who encountered someone who could mid-range hook and thus, and thus a lot of mid-range hooks were landed and the volume and quality of mid-range hook was the difference. Yeah, you know what, Intangible, I would agree 100% with you. He's a, he's a mid-range hooker and that's the range that he's most dangerous at without any doubt. Now, I was thinking a lot about the fight while watching it the last night live and uh, I rewatched it a bit like the first half of the fight I rewatched I was able to rewatch the first half of the fight today so yeah I'll get to it for sure I have a lot to say about the fight 
but okay let me just quickly cover the the, the fuck what what's that the card from uzbekistan from the last week ahmed versus iwasa now the way the way Murajan Akhmedaliev performed in that fight, it was clear to me that uh, he's uh, at least, if not number one, at least number two in his division. So the the only one that that would have a chance against him, and indeed an excellent chance, would be Stephen Fulton, Stephen Fulton, or Stephen Fulton. Is his name Fult, uh, Steven? I'm not sure. Anyways, him for sure. He's uh, he's another great fighter in that division. Extremely talented fighter. But yeah, let's go to to Akhmedaliev. Okay, so he was fighting Iwasa, and Iwasa, if I'm not wrong, is the one that fought uh, Tevin Farmer back in the day on HBO, and uh, many many fucking casuals were complaining about the result of that fight saying that tevin farmer was dropped which was a pure bullshit nonsense fucking nonsense fucking nonsense man because in that fight i remember tevin farmer being well like for the most of his career <laughs> too much flash no substance and so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I cannot remember how, how their fight went exactly, but I think that I, I, I maybe had Iwasa winning a close fight, but I, I knew, I knew that Iwasa would not be able to to really handle Ahmed Aliyev. I mean, I knew he could give him a test, a very good test, but. I knew that he was too limited for uh, for Murajun Akhmedaliev. And Murajun Akhmedaliev, in my opinion, was looking sharper than ever. Uh, yeah, he was struggling to find the range for, for his uh, rear hand in the first round, but that footwork was, uh, was really, really effective and beautiful. His timing, his in and out movement, I mean, it was it was so sharp, and like Blue Color Sports TV, aka Del Boy, our friend, would say that jab was excellent. Hey, good evening, Andrew Rodriguez. Big up, big up to you. Yeah, Andrew. For now, I'm uh, I'm alone here. I don't know if corruption will be able to to join me tonight. Hope so. If not, uh, I'll keep the show quick uh short sorry yeah so i'm i'm gonna be talking just a bit about the card that happened the last week in uzbekistan um, and a bit of herring and a couple of words on nietes's comeback before diving in to to this week's topics the quags big up man thank you for being on so yeah, here are a couple of notes that I wrote about uh, Ahmed Ali versus Yvassa. 
So I wrote, although he was using a minimal foot movement, Iwasa's upper body nimbleness and combo fluidity reminds me kind of Jose Pedraza at moments. Whenever Iwasa was letting his hands go, he was doing a very good work, good creative combos and counters, especially when countering with his rear straight left and rear left uppercut. Yeah, he was catching, I think, Murajan a couple of times with those punches, well-timed punches. But despite that, Akhmedaliyev's lead hand was looking really excellent and a great, solid and explosive jab almost always thrown through the target despite his very short arm reach. But his great in and out movement and timing were allowing him to constantly land that explosive jab on Iwasa, counter Iwasa's jab with his own and land the short right hooks, as well as sneak in a short lead uppercut after throwing a huge overhand left, which was taking Iwasa's attention away from that lead hand of Murejon that was waiting there, there uh, underneath his guard. Uh, Iwasa was able to land a good number of, of solid counters and was landing a fair share of good punches on Akhmedaliyev. When he was getting, when Akhmedaliyev was getting overly aggressive at the moments, at moments. Uh, I'd like to add that both of them showed some creativity with their combos as well. But overall, Akhmedaliyev was looking really sharp and quick and gave an impressive performance, despite the premature stoppage that ruined this big day of boxing in Uzbekistan. Yeah, so that, that's it. And yeah, I almost forgot to, to mention that stoppage. I mean, if we are talking about UK stoppages, add to, to every boxing dictionary and Uzbekistan stoppage because man that was so so premature not needed I mean yeah he was Ivasa was definitely clearly rocked and clearly clearly disturbed by by the punches that Akhmedaliyev was landing in concession on him but he was far away from from being really wobbled or, or in any real danger, at least at the moment of the stoppage. And <laughs> you could argue that something very similar happened on the Zones card the last night in between Connor Ben and uh, Samuel Vargas. But yeah, anyways, Akhmedaliyev, in my opinion, from 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 the beginning, from from the beginning of me starting to 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 follow the Uzbekistan talented pro fighters coming coming to US to fight, thanks to to people like Shap and um, and uh, Duck, because they were always talking about. Uh, about those Uzbek fighters. So text of them to them, I started following the Uzbek talents. And I would say one thing, although all the Uzbeks are very creative fighters and very, very good offensively, with many of them I saw that they could be too open for, um, for counters and that they're 
defense, at least to me, is not as impressive as their offense for the most part. And uh, and besides thinking about uh, Madrimov, Israel Madrimov, I also think about even about uh, Bektemir Malikoziev because him too he he's very open to counters and uh, I do feel like he could tighten up his uh, his defense. Hold on. So, yeah, I saw the whole card. All the Uzbeks were doing a very good job. And, uh, yeah, like I told you, uh, from the moment I started following them, I always felt like Murijan was the, the, the best of those Uzbeks that I was able to see till now. And um, his fight, which was the main event of the card in Uzbekistan, to me clearly confirmed that it was indeed the case. Um, he's so sharp. But anyways, on his card, there was Madrim of fighting. I forget the name of the guy, but a really, really tough and decent fighter. And uh, I would just like to say that Madrimov always felt like after a couple of initial fights of him that I've seen uh, that impressed me due, due to his very attractive style, I have to say that, man, he has, he has to to work a lot on his offense, sorry, on his defense, but as well on his stamina, man, because um, this is happening continually. I mean, uh, after our first couple of rounds, five, six rounds, he begins to guess and uh, he's using a lot of excessive and inutile movement. Um, he needs to work on that. He's he's another one very open to counters. So also being a very exciting fighter to watch without any doubt. Man, with with each and every fight of him, and like just like corruption told me, <laughs> he disappoints me more and more. I mean disappointment was not the the exact word that corruption used when when talking to me about his impressions of Madrivon's performance but but yeah the, the, there's a there's a clear sentiment of disappointment because you can clearly see that the guy is extremely talented to me it's he's very similar to boots in that way an extremely talented, athletically gifted fighter, but he's making it very difficult for himself in the ring. So yeah, that I think that would be all when it comes to the Uzbekistan card. I would say I would Nietes on the other card in Dubai made a comeback. 
And I would say that for his age, he's what, 38 years old. And man, that fighter, he's he's such a skilled fighter. One, I mean, he's been a pound for pound up 10 level fighter for, for years and years. And uh, unfortunately for myself, I discovered him very late in his career. I was really unaware of, of his skills and his capabilities for a very long time because just a few years ago I was not really watching the flyweights except for uh, for the fights that were happening that were taking place on HBO notably with Roman Gonzalez and the others from the real new Fab Four not the faggots like uh, Queen Garcia Tank Teofimo and Haney yeah anyways his performance was in my opinion very good i mean i would say that that um pressure will will give him real sorry i i have to mute myself just for a moment Yeah, sorry for that. Hold on. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm not alone. So it gets on my nerves, but anyways, I'm back. What I wanted to say about Nietes is that Especially at this moment, um, this stage of his career, he's uh, he's in his late thirties. So, a fighter with a lot of pressure would clearly give him problems, but he was still sharp enough, still tight, still skillful against an opponent who's not. Uh, a top class guy but yeah it was nice to see him back now it's a real question what what he he would be able to do at this point of his career he's aiming for the rematch with um kazuto yoka uh the first fight was an excellent fantastic fight on the on the new year's eve just a, a few years ago was it in december of 2018 or something like that or 17th I cannot remember, sorry for that, but it was such a good fight and um, amazing fight. Yeah, initially I thought that uh, Kazuto Yoka clearly won it, but upon rewatching it um, just a few months ago, I realized that it was such a badass fight. And for all of you that like to see <laughs> some some serious skills on both sides. Uh, I suggest you to watch the fight, but yeah, you've probably seen it already. So yeah. Now let's go to Herring Frampton. I mean, what else is there to be said um, beside that? Frampton was severely, severely undersized and was looking slow. I mean, he was out of his depth. 
without any doubt. Now, funny enough, he was made... I, I think that he became a favorite, at least by the bookies, just a few days before the fight. And uh, I don't know exactly what's the reason for it. Maybe too much money was placed on the other end or something like that. I have no, no idea. But I was very surprised when he became a favorite, uh, became favored by the bookies to win the fight. I, I think so. I may be wrong, but I think it became the case just, just a couple of days before the fight. Uh, and uh, maybe some of the people were basing it on Herring having a very bad last fight, very very bad performance in his previous fight. But yeah, look, everybody can look the top level guys. When it comes to top level boxers, I don't think it's it's very wise to to predict their next performance on his on their very last performance and the reason for it is that uh, yeah they can have an off night but if uh, if uh, they were still able to to, to give uh, some good performances in the recent years um, you can bet for a serious fight they can uh, they can take their training camp seriously and uh, perform perform to the level expecting expected from them in the very next big fight they have we we've seen it many times and just recently in uh, in the fights that were happening fighters who fighters like uh, well uh, Oscar Valdez and many others who who were not expected to win but gave great performances who's in the chat the shepherd of sons hello 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 my friend <laughs> hello <laughs> oh yeah so i think that i just quickly covered the fights from uh, from the previous weekend. Now let's get into it. I already forgot what are the fights that that I was able to see uh, the last night. Yeah, unfortunately, I was not able to catch the PBC card. I only saw the main event from uh, Smith versus Vlasov and uh, some of the fights earlier that night on the zone. And after that, I'm going to shit a bit on Top Rank and on Sir Edward Hearns. Okay, let me light up a cigarette. Remember the days when uh, when Duran was able to to, to promote Marlboro? <laughs> no way. It happens today. 
Okay, so yeah, yeah. Let's go to Smith. Smith versus Vlasov. Okay, so tell me what's what's the bullshit on Twitter all over the Twitter that it could go either way. No, stop, stop that nonsense. People are so dishonest, and uh, yeah, I mean, people are acting like it could it could went either way. Complete nonsense, man. I mean. Yeah, the, the rounds that Joe Smith Jr. won, those were the rounds that he clearly hurt less of. But the problem with me, the problem is a lot of, a lot of people pretending that it was a close fight. I mean... You can make a case that it was a close fight, but you cannot possibly make a case that you could give seven rounds to to Joe Smith, not even six rounds on my scorecard and many other people's scorecards. It was eight to four for Vlasov. And I'll give you the exact rounds, how I scored them. But a bit more about Twitter and the hypocrites on not only Twitter, but even on YouTube, the different YouTube boxing channels, etc. Man, they're so hypocrite because some of them, yeah, they will co- uh, call out corruption and robberies when, uh, when, they're, when a black PBC fighter would get a give decision. Yeah, that's when they're going to, to shit shit on the robberies when uh, when a PBC fighter or especially a black PBC fighter when they would get a give decision and for sure to me nothing when it comes to me nothing nothing changes means uh, I've been calling them out I I will always do it, especially since uh, PBC is uh, is a protection service for for uh, for duckers and uh, I mean, and okay, it, it's also a place for for slaves because they're signing slave slave owners contracts. But anyways. A place for for a lot of puppets and overrated fighters. I don't want to generalize because they do have some some excellent fighters as well. And yeah, most of us boxing fans are hating on PBC. Not really hating, but talking shit about them for for a damn good reason because they are the only ones that that would always find a reason. Why a fight between uh, between their their fighter, a PBC fighter, and a fighter from some other promotional company on or um, TV network isn't made, while all the other companies are able to find uh, an agreement and make make the fights happen, but it's almost never a case with PBC. So yeah. I mean, they're getting shit on 
for for uh, for a good reason in that. But the thing is, many boxing fans who like who love to pretend that they're objective and uh, that they're they're real boxing fans. They're not casuals. Things like that, and they're uh, extremely silent all over the social media. I was trying to to see to find people talking shit on on this decision in between Smith and Vlasov. For sure, I was seeing people complaining about it, but and you can ask the others. I was having a little chat with the others on Discord today. Uh, we are having difficulties to find a lot of people really being angry about this. It seems like they're okay with with the strawberry and pretending it was close enough that it was not a not a big deal. Joe Smith winning the fight. I mean, you can you can definitely hurt uh, your opponent in a round to the point where you clearly won the round without you know without any question. But people are acting like it, it, it gives you four rounds advantage that you also, if you win a fight, um, an opponent in the first round, that the, even the next three following rounds are going to be scored in your favor, you know. So I, I don't know what's what's happening but the rounds that sorry we have a comment <laughs> yeah chef i'll get him <sighs> yeah man i mean it's terrible even the shepherd of sons aka shep he had a day to four for vlasov like uh, most of us seen people did duck as well I just it's man it's so it's so hypocritical to, to see some people acting all angry about some other robberies just acting oh it's okay yeah it's they're saying yeah less of won that fight but they're not too angry not angry enough as they are when when it comes to some other fights. Bunch of hypocrites. That's why here on the coup d'etat of boxing, corruption in boxing, and myself are keeping it real. Me myself, I gave Joe Smith Jr. the second, seventh, the eleventh, and the twelfth round. Eight rounds to four. Now, in some other rounds, the fifth and the sixth, for example, Joe Smith Jr. would land two or three great punches, but would still, still clearly lose the lose the rounds because he was clearly outworked by Vlasov. And uh, I can tell you one thing about that fight: if you listen to it. 
with the sound off, which unfortunately is the, the, the only right way to the only right way to watch the fights nowadays because of complete absolute shilling that is taking place on the mic during each and every fight card it it really became necessary and it became necessary many years ago in the days of HBO and uh, the inception of PBC everybody's rooting for their own no honesty just just pure corruption so to any of you who who stopped following boxing good for you man but yeah so it it it, it brings me it brings me to to the topic another topic which is fucked up prank fucked up prank i mean hold on unfortunately for myself from the third round on i was watching the pip uh, sorry the top rank feed the espn feed transmission of the main event first two rounds I was watching the Russian one from the third round on. I found a different stream and I was listening to these motherfuckers on ESPN. And uh, well, the thumbnail is speaking for itself. We have Drunk Bradley. We have. I mean. Stop, stop, official. Go 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 watch that fight. I mean, they 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 called they were calling one fifth of the punches that Vlasov was landing on uh, on Joe Smith. Commentary was really really terrible as usual. Really terrible. Hold on. Yeah, I mean. The moments that um, Maxim Lastov was landing his punches, clean, clean punches on the chain of uh, Joe Smith, who who indeed was taking his punches very well. And, uh, plus, Vlasov is not, not a serious power puncher anyways, but was clearly getting hit right in his face on his chin. And uh, the, the way the commentary team was acting, I thought that they went on a commercial break or something be- because uh, they were not calling any of punches that, that were constantly landing on Vlasov, on, uh, sorry, on uh, Joe Smith. And uh, shilling for, uh, they were constantly shilling for, for Joe Smith against whom, well, I have nothing against him. He's a he's a tough fighter, but fuck fuck that narrative. He's uh, he, yeah, he's a construction worker, always. Uh, fuck. So so what? 
if if he's an average Joe, he's a construction worker, does it make it okay to to, to rob a fighter who who clearly deserved a victory, who's a 16-year pro veteran, and this was his last, probably the last chance for uh for the world belt, and uh, he got blatantly blatantly robbed, and I'm not saying that that this fight was not competitive. Uh, no, in fact, it was extremely competitive and uh, it was indeed a great fight, but with a clear winner. And uh, the clear winner did not get a victory the last night, which is so unfortunate. I mean, fuck with this. <laughs> fuck this narrative about him being a construction worker, being an everyday Joe, things like that. I mean, fuck the construction workers. I've, I've been a construction worker for 10 years, man. And uh, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. You can be a, a contract killer. If you want to fight, you want to fight. I don't give a fuck. But no, top rank ESPN, in fact... Their commentators were constantly shilling, shilling so bad for uh, for Joe Smith, even when, when when he clearly misses a punch, they would they would talk about how dangerous he is. <laughs> I mean, when he was landing on Vlasov's guard, they'll act wild. Complete nonsense, man. Nonsense. Uh, what else? Man, it's difficult to, to talk alone about on this topic because I'm sure there are many other things that I want to talk about, about the, the, the commenting in this fight. But, but, but yeah, let's say... Let's say the, 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 the story... The, the story of the, of the sorry hold on a second yeah I'm back the story of the commentary team was that they were acting like Vlasov is being broken down, while in fact, up till the championship rounds, he was pissing him up worse than ever. And uh, right in the eighth, and especially in the ninth round, when it really, truly, really felt like uh, Vlasov is about to stop him. Uh, he was really pouring down on uh, on Joe Smith Jr. Suddenly, you 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 could hear Tim Bradley, probably drunk Tim Bradley, but even if he was not under the influence of alcohol, he's been punch drunk for years, so doesn't make any difference. 
But suddenly, when it really looked like Lasso was about to to stab Smith on the ropes, suddenly for a moment, uh, Bradley started acting as if uh, it was clear. I, I, I cannot remember, I cannot recall his exact words at the moment. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. But he was... In the last few seconds of the round, he was starting to act as if, uh, well, uh, Vlasov has been dominant the whole fight, which he was indeed dominant throughout the whole fight, throughout the, 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 the most of the rounds. But that was not the story he was selling to, to, the, to the viewers. But when he was about to stop him, he suddenly made uh, 180, and uh, because he saw that of how he saw that Joe Smith was really terribly hurt, so he thought uh, the fight is about to end by the knockout. So he started switching his turn while until the the end of the of the round because afterwards in the 11th and the 12th round uh, well in the 11th round what happened was Joe Smith Jr. landed two really blatant punches behind the head of Vlasov and uh, I mean uh, the crowd was booing him People were complaining. Even people on Twitter, <laughs> I read. I, I had to answer to some uh, to some Canadian French guy on Twitter because he was saying that Joe Smith Jr. was blatantly robbed of uh, of a knockdown or a knockout in the eleventh round, and even Joe Smith Jr. said it himself. I think in the post fight interview, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> I mean, since when? I mean. Man, it, it makes it makes me laugh. Since when it is legal to, to to land a blatant punch behind the head and uh, expect to, to to be given a knockdown or a, a knockout for such a punch? It's a complete nonsense. But it just tell you how corrupted boxing is. It's so fucked up. Yeah, the the eleventh and the twelfth round, I gave them to to not less of to Joe Smith Jr. and it was surely because at least partially because uh, he hurt Vlasso with an illegal punch. So it is what it is, but still, I gave Vlasso clear eight rounds. I mean, uh, he was not absolutely dominating <laughs> each of those eight rounds I gave it him, but uh, you could say you could say yeah, there was one or two maybe relatively close rounds. So those were the rounds where uh, Vlasov was still pissing him up, but uh, Joe Smith Jr. was able to, to land two or three biggest punches of the round. 
and those were the only punches that he was able to to land uh, to, to land on him. Plus, if the commentators were uh, calling the punches that Maxim Vlasov was catching him with constantly throughout the fight, man, many of you would see that fight differently, the outcome of the fight differently. Now, here's a funny thing about before this fight, I really wanted to to make um, to make a prediction video for the fight because I knew it would be an extremely good fight. So, but unfortunately for myself, I didn't have enough of time to do the film study, and um, I was only able. Look, Vlasov, when it comes to Vlasov, I've seen him fighting a couple of times in the past few years, and I was extremely surprised by his skills. And um, I was only, I only had enough of time to watch his fight at the cruiserweight division against uh, Krzysztof Glavatsky. And um, I wrote a couple of things about his style and what I saw in that fight. Um, so I'm going to read it to you. Excuse me. <clears throat> okay, so Vlasov, good one-twos and distance control, which was proven in this fight, using his jab as a setup, a setup punch and range finder. Likes to use traps by keeping his hands low and moving his head over his front foot while being just outside of the opponent's range to make the opponent step in and uh, time him with a counter, which was another thing that was constantly happening in this fight last night, or to make, him, or to make the opponent throw through a long-range punch so he could use the gap, that gap, to step to mid or short range. Yeah, and uh, I've seen in that fight against Glavatsky that he's very fast when it comes to stepping into short range from the outside. Very impressive and, uh, and tricky when it comes to that. Uh, what else I wrote? Hold on. Doesn't put all of his weight into his punches, but he has a quick hand speed, quick and short combos, and good punching technique, as he never overshoots his punches, and so he doesn't fall off balance. Which was another thing that was happening against Joe Smith Jr. Uh, yeah, indeed, he, he's not a serious power puncher, but um, he has a, an extremely high, high volume and uh, never falls off balance while throwing his combos. Um, good at blocking punches and has good reflexes, good at closing the distance. He does so during the exchanges by throwing the long-range setup punches or by feinting in order to invite the opponent to throw the long-range punches so Vlasov could entice the opponent to throw the long-range punches to quick step underneath them and throw a quick flurry on the inside and then step out. 
And one of the ways for him to get on the inside is to throw a straight right hand, which he uses as a setup punch. So while he's throwing it, he places his lead foot closer to his opponent. And um, as he throws his right hand, he he comes in with his with his upper body which which is initially placed on his over his rear foot and uh, quickly comes at um, a short range from where he can throw a quick combo and then step out i mean uh, okay i'm not going to to bother you with reading the rest of what i wrote about his style but yeah i was extremely accurate with with the things that I wrote about him, because this was the only fight from from him that that I was able to really analyze, you know. Um, what else? Yeah, this was a bit of shitting on top rank. Is there anything else to say about them? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I almost forgot it. Look. Bob, Bob Aram's been talking about this fight in between Vlasov and uh, Baturbiev for, uh, I don't even know how long, but for a long time. And it was clearly his intention to make this fight since the moment uh, he got, I mean, uh, since Baturbiev won against Gwazdyk. And so, yeah... It's nobody surprised. And I can I can assure you that every time shit like this happens, these motherfuckers are going to be called out on on this show. Yeah, but the thing that I wanted to say about Sir Edward Hearn. I was talking with corruption a lot about the flyweights and uh, me being initially being excited because uh, Metrum would sign uh, exciting flyweight fighters from uh, from the Asia and uh, while the other South South America and the other places in the world because. Well, too bad corruption is not here because he's he's been the first one on the whole YouTube probably to talk about these these weight divisions in in this part of the world and in the Western world, and uh, he's been following them for years. And thanks to him, I I started following them myself at least starting following them more seriously. <clears throat> so, yeah, initially I thought it was a great thing. And, uh, yeah, good enough if, if fighters are getting paid real money, plus they're being presented to, to boxing fans in the Western world. It's a good thing, but um, just... Give me a second. I'm trying to find uh, what I wrote to corruption about about 
what gets on my nerves when it comes to to this. To this can artist name Edhern. Hold on, I'm scrolling up, scrolling up. Still trying to find what he wrote about it. Mm -mm. Fuck. Hold on. Just give me a second, I'm trying to, to find this shit. Okay, fuck that. Okay, I'm gonna go from uh, from the top of the dome. Yeah, good thing to, to, to bring uh, Hiroto Kyoguchi, Soto, uh, who else? Well, of course, uh, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, the Red King Rungusai, Quadras, and um, Juan Francisco Estrada to to the zone and uh, give us these these excellent matchups, right? But it comes with a price. So what he's basically telling you, he's telling you, okay, so. These are the fights that you want to see. I'm gonna give 